What is up, Nana Nation? This is Aaron Chalupa, the Chalupa Cabra. I am here in beautiful Ypres, Belgium. That's right, the same Ypres, that uh, World War I battlefield. Uh, many battlefields were around. Uh, it's a really muggy, rainy morning uh, this Wednesday in Belgium. I'm here to intro the new episode here, episode 25. Uh, this one's going to be Euro hopping with Colin. So Colin Eisner, one of my good buddies uh, from firefighting. We did a, a lengthy episode, I believe, last year. So yeah, him and I are traveling Europe with, uh, for uh, about a month. We were going to go to play in a hockey tournament in Prague, but that kind of fell apart. But we still persevered and decided that wasn't going to ruin our Europe trip. So we're still bop- bopping around and going to be checking out all kinds of spots. Belgium, France, a little bit of Switzerland, Austria, Czech Republic. He's going to go back home and then I'm going to go over to England again, meet up with some of my English friends. So yeah, it's going to be a really good time. Anyway, in this episode, we just summarize what happened at the end of the fire season or how our fire seasons were. Colin tells me what he got up to after the season was done for him. I quickly give a, a brief wrap-up of what I got up to. Uh, then I went over to Nova Scotia for a wedding, very beautiful wedding. And I got to hang out with a bunch of friends. I talk about that a bit. And then we meet up in Toronto and fly over across the pond to England. Hang out there, move on to Belgium, and we catch up uh, to everything that's happened. So yeah, make sure uh, you, you turn up those headphones. This is kind of a more relaxed uh, conversation and just reminiscing and talking about the fun times and uh, anybody who might be wanting to travel to Belgium will give you some good tips. Anyway, I'm just going to try to brief it up here. Uh, yeah, make sure that you listen, like, subscribe and share to the Not After 30 podcast, the Offer Throat Clear, and all the other sub-series that are going on. I'm waiting for Greta to, you know, release some more of, uh, what is her podcast called now? Oh, Life Under 30, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Life Before 30. Because, you know, we can't always listen to the old, you know, old man, Anthony there. He's away with the times. He doesn't even accept that he's a millennial. So can you really trust the guy? Anyway, hopefully he doesn't kick me off the, the series. So, yeah, this is episode 25. You're hopping with Colin. Enjoy. <coughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ark. The- <coughs> Awkward throat clear. Now here's your host, Aaron Chalupa. How's it going there, Not After 30 podcast listeners and likers of the Awkward Throat Clear? This is your host, Aaron Chalupa, the Chalupa Cabra. Uh, I'm here with my good buddy there and uh, returnee interviewee, wee wee, Colin Eisner. Uh, How's it going, Colin? Good, man. Good. Just we're hanging out in Ypres here. Iper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I always find it funny when you're like interviewing somebody and you know, like, oh, how's it going? How are you doing? Because chances are they talked about, you know, whatever for the, you know, previous 10 minutes and they're like, okay, now we're going to hit record. Are you okay with that? <laughs> now we're going to talk. Because they already said, how are you doing beforehand? So it's just like, well, now we're welcoming the masses and letting them all know that we're doing well. We are. Yeah, yeah. So we're in Iper. Um, uh, I, I was the one to mispronounce it beforehand. Uh, I would say Ypres, mm-hmm. um, and that's a World War One battlefield. Now we are in the real central location for multiple battlefields in the area. There's what a hill of sixty or hill fifty eight, hill sixty. Yeah, couple German trenches, Canadian trenches. 
Lieutenant John McRae's uh, uh, cemetery or grave, I should say. Uh, he wrote, uh, um, pardon me, <laughs> in Flanders Fields. Um, so yeah, no, this is gonna be this is gonna be a really cool section of our trip here. I, I figure we'll rec- we'll record this. Um, you know, focus more on. World War One memorials and monuments, yeah. maybe for the next recording there, because uh, next destination on our trip after Ypres uh, will be Lens, which is right close to Vimy Ridge and Beaumont Amel. So those are some other key battlefields from World War One that the Canadians were a big part of. So Colin and myself are very big into our war history, especially Canadian war history. So around this time of year, uh, being November 11th coming up, Remembrance Day or Armistice Day, depending on where you're from, uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty heavy for us uh, being mm-hmm. in this 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 part of the world, and not just that, but it's also one, the 100 year uh, anniversary of the armistice, uh, the the signing of the Treaty of Versailles to end the the Great War, or what was known as the Great War, and then we learned it to be World War Two because there's a second World War that came around. So yeah, I think we'll do that as a recording on its own, give it its own light there. But yeah, yeah, so we're in Ypres now, and we've just been having a great time. Our, our trip in Belgium is almost coming to an end here. Almost, yeah, a couple more days, and then we're off to France. Uh, and France. Oui, oui. Oh, très bien. Biftec, jambon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Colin, how was your summer, man? Like, you came back for another year of firefighting. Last year was your rookie year. This year is your second year. You got a second year rookie syndrome going on at all? Mm, de- define what that means. <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of the boss, man. No, like, you I think know. you think you know so much more. No, not at all. There, 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 there's a few people I can think of. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, I guess I was just surrounded by a great crew. Uh, there was no uh, rookies on our crew. Um, so we all knew what we were doing and we, we meshed very well. And, um, I think we were one of the first crews to actually break up, uh, because, uh, Mark and Chubsy went to, um, went, went back home to go to school or to find more work or mm-hmm. to go home. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was, it was, it was different from last year cause I felt a lot busier last year. I don't know about you, but... Uh, well, yeah, last year we were quite busy on my Helitac crew when I was yeah. with uh, Noah. This year, though, I was very, very busy uh, being the man-up supervisor and right, right. Uh, or strike team leader, whatever you want to call me there. Mm-hmm. So I was busy in a different sense That's because right. you guys being initial attack, you guys have the fire right off the bat, and mm-hmm. then usually you're done with it where we'll take it over from you and we'll just work on it for the next three or four days. Sometimes, you know, you'll be doing this or that or whatever. Yeah. So I, I've, it's kind of interesting with you for this is the second year in a row where you've, I, you wouldn't hop crews, but you've had, you know, crews disband or kind of move around early, yeah. earlier than anticipated because yeah. Carrie had to leave last yeah. year. Yeah. Carrie left last year, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I guess technically switch crews. It was just people were brought on to, uh, the crew that I was on. So it was mm-hmm. kind of nice to being able to, to have the same title. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, there, I, I don't know how many different people that Amy and I actually worked with. Amy was on the original hack three. And, um, so yeah, the two of us worked together all season, but yeah, we just saw different faces once early August, uh, came around, uh, right up until the end of September when, when I left and just before she left. So, um, but it was cool. We got to work together for a little bit, which That's is awesome. nice. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Um, you got to work with Mark Wadeson last year on a, on a crew, correct? Uh, yeah, for just the last week of the season, actually. So. Oh, okay. I think you guys were on a crew together a bit longer. No, no. We went up to Steen River Spawn Resort for the last <laughs> week of the season. Yep. Um, but uh, you know what? Other than that, man, fire season was fun. It's always a lot of fun with everyone up there, and it's just... It's an ugly part of the country, but it's just the people that keep bringing you back. <laughs> well, there are some parts that are nice, but yeah, it's yeah. there. There are definitely other places you'd prefer to be. You um, you got to go on an export to Ontario, didn't you? I did, and uh, so Ontario had a, their biggest fire season of, and I don't know how many years um, from what my brother's been told. So I have a twin brother that does uh, fire in in Ontario, specifically out of Sudbury. Um, which is basically where the heart of most of those intense fires were, uh, were ravaging. Um, so yeah, we got to go in, um, on my birthday, actually we landed, that was first day on the fire line with, my United with your brother. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to see Stu, um, three times over. I got to see, uh, day before I left, um, to the fire line before we flew out. And then when we came off of our 18 days on the fire line, um, we got to go out and, you know, have a couple drinks with um, all the Alberta firefighters and then whoever else was around. So it was kind of nice seeing him and his, his girlfriend came up too. Um, and then I got to see him. I got to uh, hang out with my sister actually earlier. It was a very, very convenient weekend to hang out with family. <laughs> no so, kidding, no kidding. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, we were helping out on one fire just north of North Bay in River Valley. And we got to hang out on a trailer park, quote unquote. Um, so we're right on a lake, which was perfect. It was so hot and muggy the whole time we were there. So every time we got off the fire line, we'd jump in the water. And that's where we'd shower and just kind of live off the land. Mm. And uh, Showering, eh? Tell me a bit more about that. Showering? What showering? <laughs> All right, we just went in the water and we just soaked up. And then we got Oh, out my God. It sounds so it. good. It was amazing. <laughs> it actually, it was actually incredible. Um, yeah, did fishing and we just you, we we, we hung you take it way too seriously. I was trying to make a joke about that. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, no, it was great. We got a shower. It was wonderful. <laughs> it's like, mm, no, it's not, well, I'm just I'm just thinking about it now. Did, like, did you have soap on a rope? Actually, <laughs> no. I just, let, I just let it float there. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, um, and we got to hang around with a couple of crews from uh, actually our whole camp was all Alberta crews which was kind of cool um, so we had to hang out with a couple Peace River crews, Slate Lake crew, Black Labish, and who's the other one? Um, there's Calgary crew, yeah so overall it was an awesome experience Ontario treated us uh, very well in accordance to um, food, the food was awesome you can order anything you wanted mm-hmm. You cooked your own food every night, which was a, which was a really nice change up. Uh, I know in Alberta we're super fortunate to have cooks, to to cook our meals and whatnot, prepare our meals. But it was it was nice to um, cook my own food um, for once, and yeah, so it was super super tasty every night. We got that any, anything again we could we uh, could get our hands on. We got. Um, 14-hour workdays minimum, which definitely helps for um, to help to pay the bills, that's for sure. But um, 
other than that, it was awesome. It was sunny most of the time we were there, and um, but then it was definitely, definitely good to get back out to Alberta and see friendly faces again back at camp. Yeah, totally. And one thing that's always fun about coming back from export is all the swag you're able to switch uh, uh, switch around and trade with, and then you can show that off and tell stories and you know, like some some really interesting stories that came back. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, Ikea and Nelson had some good ones. That's, uh, they were pretty funny. They, uh, some of the stories they had were pretty funny. I never actually got to hear the story about how they got evacuated from the fire line too, because or their camp. Yeah, I kind of know what happened. Um, there was like a huge wind shift, mm-hmm. and they were actually and those like, happen. Yeah, yeah, and they were in some swampy, <laughs> skaggy, gross, uh, I guess camp, mm-hmm. and um, they saw the you know. The, the wind shift and they packed all their shit up and then they left and then they heard maybe 10 or 15 minutes later there that area where they were camping did burn over mm-hmm. so um you know good situational awareness obviously yeah we're definitely trained on to you know see you know what fire potential could be and our our pals at high level were able to divert themselves away from the danger of of the ravaging flame mm-hmm. um and then they were able to continue on with the the rest of their export, and then they joined up with us later, uh, about a week or two after we showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Alberta, so no, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I still, I'm still, I'm just fingers crossed. Hopefully next year I get to go on an export out of province. Yeah, you've you know? been itching for one for way too long, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way like, too long. Last time I got to go on an export within the province was 2012, I want to say, and that's before he was even a, you know a wildland firefighter mm-hmm. i was doing patrol at the time so no, that was a lot of fun yeah man so yeah no hopefully hopefully i can go on export somewhere so that'd be really cool really good experience not just like hey yeah. hey i gotta go on a plane or i gotta drive somewhere or something but the people you meet the new techniques you get to learn mm-hmm. and then other crews you get to talk to and hang out with and work with as well so or then like specifically like other people like other firefighters from around the world so we got to work with very, very briefly with a crew from Mexico, Santa, mm-hmm. I think Santa Fe uh, specifically, and only maybe two or three of them besides the crew that could speak you know, English. And, mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, even when they didn't know what we were saying and vice versa, I mean, you know, swapped a patch or something and, mm-hmm. you know, smiles all around. It was, it was still awesome. Oh, yeah, scenario, totally, so. totally. Yeah, those those great. Mexican crews are wicked. When I was a camp boss um, at some 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 of the fire complexes back when I used to do fire patrol, they were so funny. Like, oh, yeah. They would see my last name, you know, yeah. Chalupa, oh, Mexicano. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm Canadian and Czech, Czech, nah. no, <laughs> no, 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 you're Mexicano. You know, I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was that was that was a, that was a that was probably one of the highlights of the the whole export. Um, yeah, they're just so cool and they, they, the way they run their crews down there is just like a military operation. They're so like they're in line. Mm -hmm. They're so strategically like impressive. Um, so it was, yeah, that was super cool. So uh, yeah. And then went back to Alberta, finished off the rest of the season. And well, you stayed on long too. You, you, yeah, you you extended the, 
well, you stayed on as well not as long as possible, but you stayed all the way to what was it mid September around the fourteenth? September, September twenty second actually is when I left. Wow, twenty second really? Yeah. I thought it was a little, a little bit no, earlier. No, I wanted to at one point because it was getting real slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I stuck it out and then yeah, drove across the country again and got to see my old crew leader Carrie McLean. Shout out to him in uh, Marathon Ontario. He's working for Parks Canada down there. Um, and I I got to see my other buddy in Kenora, Jordan, um, as well. And he's, uh, he's out in BC right now, having the time of his life, I think. So, and now, um, about a month later, now we're here sipping on wine and hanging out in Belgium, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention to you too, uh, in that Arbor- Arboretum manual, like how they're going like, to yeah. put everyone who yeah, helped yeah, out. Yeah. They forgot me and you. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> they have Amy in there and they have um, a bunch of other people that, yeah, they didn't include us. What? That's, I didn't even know that. When did, when was that put up? Uh, it was, well, they, well, they had like a little pamphlet thing, yeah. right? It's like our names aren't on the actual signs or anything like that, but uh, in the little pamphlet that they, yeah. that you can pick up and go check out and stuff, we're not included. That's I thought it was kind of funny. What? Like, <laughs> the core people that actually did it. You were more so. Like, I just jumped in there for a few days. Well, um, I, I, well yeah. I, oh, yeah, because, yeah, R2 was with us for, like, a, two, a couple of days. But, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot. There was some other crews that were involved, and obviously, like, Charlie in the, the fire center, she helped out mm-hmm. a lot. Um, yeah, there's there's a few other people, too. And, you know, um, what's his name there? Chris? He's in there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, th- th- there's, there's those guys. But... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. I think I, I thought I thought I took a picture of it and snapped it to you, but I guess no, I didn't. But yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I had a good little laugh because I just remember Michelle promising. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna put all you guys in there because you've all done a really good job and blah blah blah. She just this. took a picture of us. Yep, <laughs> she sure did. So it's just like, yeah, then you know, Amy and Kevin and these people, and then two guys we don't know who they are. So oh, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, well. Uh, we, so towards the end of uh, any fire season, uh, obviously there's not as many fires, but they still keep on some firefighters just in case there, there is a hazard or there is a bit of a flare-up because that has happened before. But there's not always that fire presence. So the office will usually get us to do some other uh, projects in the area. And one of them was to restore this arboretum. So that's uh, just a... How, how would you describe an arboretum? Essentially, an arboretum is the tree museum kind uh, of thing. And yeah, it's a tree museum, and it was it was a bunch of species of trees from essentially around the whole country, and um, they're all alive. They're all like in this kind of like little fenced off park, I guess you could say. Yeah, not not enormous. Some arboretums are, you know, gigantic. Yeah, this one. Yeah, like this is an old arboretum, but it was just not tended to mm-hmm. uh, often enough. So it well, kind of like kind of dumpy. And did you see it last year compared to this man, year? I, oh, I, well, I, this was the, fr- this was the first time I actually ever went there was this year. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know we had an arboretum. So yeah, I guess that's goes to show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, looks a lot better now. Oh man, looks great. And then we got those big uh, tamarack posts and everything. That we just yeah. Figure out what we're going to do with the one that we have at camp. Yeah. That'd be, what we could do. Yeah. We need to kind of push that to some people cause it would be good. I'm not sure. Hopefully somebody covered it before it snowed over there. It's a hardy piece of wood. Hopefully yeah, it true. Get too, too uh, affected by the cold weather. That's definitely already there compared to here. Well, so. yeah, I think it'll be fine with cold weather. I'm just thinking like maybe springtime when it kind of starts melting or whatever. Yeah. Then it's just sitting on soft, wet ground. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. That's more of us just like chit chatting. You guys want to hear about that? Um, yeah, yeah. So I finished up. 
my last day was October 12th, and then I drove down to Edmonton and just got some things taken care of, wrapped everything up. Pardon me. And then I went out to Nova Scotia, uh, went to go visit with uh, some friends, tour, uh, took a tour around the, the Annapolis Valley, Halifax, Peggy's Cove. Then we went up to Cape Breton for a wedding from my old Hell Attack coordinator. And then actually uh, the, the woman that he was marrying and is now married to, she was on a crew that I was on as well. So we had Matt Allen as our crew leader and then Lindsay Zrozowski and myself were on a crew together. So it was really cool to you know see two people get married that I both am good friends with. So Yeah, and Sean was the one that hired, it, hired me actually too before yeah, you left. Yeah, Sean yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't remember if you knew him too well. Yeah, no, we, yeah. talk, we chatted on the phone. That would have been times, his last year, but, yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah, yeah. So it was great to see everyone, you know, all these all these Nova Scotian friends that I have in their natural element and just, you know, hanging out and just being at home and just letting loose and everything. So got some real good proper lobster dinners. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Like this great seafood. Got to meet a cool um, musician named Matt Anderson. I'm a, I've been a big fan of his for a few years now. It just a giant of a man and just friendly, friendly, friendly. I did like we were watching a, a live performance from somebody else, so I didn't really want. He was there too to support his friends, mm-hmm. so we didn't really want to interrupt him and his uh, little family get together. Yeah. Yeah. But just as they were leaving, I just felt necessary. This <laughs> is like, oh hey, let me let picture. me harass you. <laughs> I want a picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like I will be that guy sometimes. Oh, I don't know. Like he's he's a. He's a folk uh, musician, so I'm, I'm sure he kind of appreciates any support he gets, especially across the country. And he is a wonderful musician. So we're uh, my friend and I, Dave uh, Leigstra, and I were very excited to meet him and get a picture with him. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, it's, it was just hospitality after hospitality after hospitality. We got to go to a good good friend of mine, another firefighter I worked with. He's, uh, he's quote unquote retired now from firefighting, Alex Walsh. And then one of my old Hell Attack leaders, Tommy Lutz, both of them have uh, gigantic apple orchards. Hmm. Um, definitely country famous. They created the Honeycrisp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, man. And there's the science of like uh, apple trees. Like I had no idea. Like you hmm. like you would know this, but like you take a tree and you take some branches or stem off it and then put it onto another tree and then that would yep. produce like two different apples on one tree. Hmm. Yeah. Well, essentially just hybridizing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely blew my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so cool. Like I always kind of knew that with, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he did it with, I think he did it with peas. Really? Yeah. It was a Swiss guy. Was it a Swiss guy with peas? Oh. Or tomatoes. Maybe it was tomatoes. I can't remember. Some veggie. Mendiv. I don't know. It was a, uh, some Swiss guy. I'm going to butcher it. Some scientists is listening to this podcast. If we have intellectual people that listen to this podcast, I'm like, <laughs> you idiot, it's this. I can't believe it. Uh, I, I do remember that in biology, though. He, this guy was splitting hmm. uh, different types of plants and that, that that were the same species or whatever and just trying to make it work. I'll hmm. look it up afterwards and then I'll be, oh, yeah, this guy. And yeah, maybe we'll you probably argue, heard of him, too. We'll, yeah, we'll argue about it later. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it was just so fascinating just going around Got to try some pears, some apples, like the honey crisps. They're just, they're the size of, like, they're bigger than a softball. And, like, then you try to, like, bite into it. Like, you're just like, ah, unhinge your jaw. You feel like a bow constrictor. Absolutely insane. And the just, you, your teeth just sink into it. And then you, it's just a huge crunch. And mm. then just 
such a such a juicy piece of fruit coming oh, right yeah. off right off the tree. It was pretty crazy. Oh, so yeah. It was pretty funny that Dave and I just kept making jokes about just like, frick, like how do you eat this damn thing? Yeah. And it was almost a meal on its own. Mm. So it, it was sounds so sweet too. Yeah, no, yeah, it was so sweet. Honey crisp. Oh. Yeah, it, it was a really good time. Got to meet up with some of Matt's old friends from high school and grown up with, and just going up to one of their hunting lodges, like a little hunting camp. Uh, and it was it was quite the road to get up there. But you know, one of his friends just had this lodge in the middle of nowhere, and that's where he'd like go home and you know set up set up shop for hunting, and then. They'd go out to different deer blinds, you know, throughout the day or throughout the week until they got a deer. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Got to have some really good moose meat. Uh, again, hospitality. Like crazy, crazy hospitality. Um, we stayed with Matt's mom and dad mostly. Got to go see their cottage. That was gorgeous. It was on Sherbrooke Lake. Just absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, great piece of land and just the sweetest of people. Lots of fun just reminiscing about this and this and this and this. No, it was it was great. It was great. A very funny time. Uh, the day after we got to the East Coast was the day that cannabis was legalized. Oh, marijuana. Yeah. Mar- oh, yeah. For our, all our non-Canadian listeners, uh, marijuana is now legal to uh, possess, smoke, grow, and yeah, grow yeah, yeah. in your own home. So, or on your own property, I should say. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting time in Canada where it's. Nothing's really changed except, except like because everyone's kind of been doing it for years and years and years. It's just you can't get arrested for it. No. You cannot. Well, you can, but for, for like if you if you break those rules, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we won't really get into <laughs> those laws and everything too much because I really don't know that yeah. much about it. Uh, part of me not being a smoker, and I you know I haven't really dived into it. So it would be fun to sit down with one of my friends and. Who knows a bit more of it, and we can kind of talk about it and really, really, really get a good understanding. Like maybe Declan, Declan would know a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. I guess you don't really know him too well. Keegan, Keegan, Keegan probably would know a lot because mm-hmm. he is a pretty smart guy too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people look, were such a big fan of his when he recorded the last podcast. Yep. Like what a storyteller! Yep. Beautiful voice too. Beautiful. Hell of an accent. From Windsor, yeah. from Windsor, Nova Scotia. Got to go there. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah the cider game over in Nova Scotia too. I was a big fan of the cider. Good beers. Oh man, the beers expensive though. My God, mm-hmm. East go, Coast is so expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. it being that expensive, but it truly is. And then the taxes. Oh yep. frick. So it it was a really good time going up to Cape Breton. Like I've been up. I haven't been up there in a long, long time. I haven't been to the East Coast, like at Nova Scotia particularly, uh, for six years. It was just really good to see so many people. I got to see my another firefighter friend, Tristan Pye. Uh, he's in Dartmouth. Um, well, he he lives in Cole Harbor, I should say, but where Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon are from, for other people that think that they, they recognize the name. And, you know, he was just a really good guy, and he's doing really well. He just got recently married, came back from Jamaica, so he had a bit of a, a tan. <laughs> it was pretty funny. He's, he's a very hairy individual, and we used to make fun of him. Uh, when he was firefighting because he's just had so much bloody hair. We always thought oh, yeah. he was Smokey the Bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, it was, it was really good. Got to see a lot of, a lot of good friends. And, uh, from, from there, I launched off from Halifax, and I went all the way to – flew, flew to uh, Toronto, actually, because, you know, it makes sense to go Halifax back to the west and then 
fly east again. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's the way I booked it. It's yeah, the way I booked it. That's what cheap flights are made of, though, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can't really complain so, when your return trip is like what, seven hundred bucks. Yeah, but at the end of the day, though, it was super convenient because I got to jump on your connecting flight, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were able to get off the the plane in London, um, in Gatwick Airport, and. Start our little European adventure here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it was it was actually a pretty good flight. I remember passing out pretty good. Yep. You gave me a, what? What was it? Some melatonin. Yes. Yes. Take two of those little guys, and I was I was out for like a solid three hours at least, and out of a six hour flight, so it was kind of nice to at least sleep for half of it. <laughs> I, I texted Colin. I guess he put his phone on airplane mode before, but uh, I was like, because uh, we were sitting in different seats. We didn't, oh, yeah. we didn't sit together. <laughs> and so I texted him. I was like, do, do, do I take both the pills? Because I didn't want to be passed out way too long or be groggy as hell or yeah. whatever. So, and like, I don't really take a whole lot of, you know, sleeping pills or anything like that. And, I, I don't know, like, I'm a big guy, but at the same time, and I have a pretty good tolerance for, like, painkillers and things, too, so, like, I didn't know how it was going to work. It's just an organic sleep. No, no, for sure. It helps you go to sleep. I just know how, how helpful it was going to be. Yeah, it was. <laughs> sitting there drooling, but, ah, <laughs> people next to me were some, you know, they, they, they weren't, uh, you know. They weren't from Canada in a sense, so they might have just been like, who is this crazy man? I don't know. He's drooling on me. He's taking up all the space. He's cuddling me down. I don't I don't like this. Canadians are supposed to be polite. Oh, man. Or just like – I remember when I was in uh, junior high, I took Buckley's one time, and I took a little bit more than I should have. I think I took like – two tablespoons instead yeah, of one tablespoon little, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I was like, I'm over it. I was just, I just needed some sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I was right. I woke up that morning and I was in the basement TV room on the couch facing away. So my head was close to the TV and my feet were pointed away. And it was just on like the blue screen. And my sister like, walks by and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know how I got here because <laughs> <laughs> I went to my bed. I was like, oh, man, I'm just oh, man. sleepwalking. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, luckily, I didn't I didn't have that kind of an experience on the plane or drooling and whatnot. But <laughs> I just, man, You're plane, planes are, yeah, I was out, but like planes aren't made for tall individuals. No. Oh, God. Or bro- broad like shoulder. I, yeah, like you and I, man. So I'm just crossed arm the whole time and then your arms get sore so you're laying like this yeah. and you're laying forward yeah and, and 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 the guy beside me like he there was a charger right in front of him from like and i realized that maybe like halfway through the flight so we, like i had a big charging outlet to the left of me right by the window and so his like his his wires were all cluster fucked in between my legs and stuff so like i had to like position my legs a different way so i could like at least have a decent sleep and it sucked, man. And he was, uh, he was from it's Mexico. A of, it's a bit of a douche move. Yeah, he was, he was from Mexico, and he didn't speak the greatest English. I mean, he could get by. Um, nice guy, too. But I, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just – it's only six hours. <laughs> <I kept telling laughs> it's, only, it's only six hours. It's almost there. I'm rocking back and forth. Yeah. In my mind. But, again, I was able to sleep for a little bit. And then I think in the middle of my sleep, I think I might have kicked the – the wire loose or whatever oh. his wire loose so it was like an indirect message like get your wire yeah. out of my feet so then and then he didn't need to, to charge his phone for the perfect rest of the day. i was like why do you need to be on your phone anyways but so yeah but 
Yeah, but then just even if that incident didn't happen, I mean, my, your legs at a 90 degree angle, I mean, you, my knees were killing me. Oh, fuck. Right? And like, yeah, I've got one bad knee. And Did you have any leg problems growing up? Like, no. like you played pretty competitive hockey, too. Yeah, so. but I, I mean, I think. You're just a big I, guy. I think, I think just elongated sitting positions, like, is, I mean, yeah, that hurt. That hurt a lot, but I mean, I got over it. Man, I got I, up I, and we walked and that was it. I love flying and yeah. I love and I respect, you know, that they try to make it as, as comfortable as possible and try to make money and everything. But fuck, man, is it ever uncomfortable to fly in a plane? Yeah. Unless is. you're paying the big bucks. I remember one time I was flying with, uh, like, a, it was a third party uh site yeah, yeah, to yeah. book to book flights yeah. so it was called canadian affairs that's when i first started going to find europe before westjet right uh, had things going on and it would be around 700 return 800 return and i remember one time they were, they were really hoping to sell a bit more first class tickets because they weren't selling that mm-hmm. and i got an email and then a phone call that i could jump up to first class for an additional 400 dollars now in my mind, I'm like, well, still, that's a pretty cheap flight, you know, $600, $600 one way, $600, $600 the other way. Yeah, it's not that bad, you know, when I mean, you get, you know, first class both ways. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe. But I'm like, yeah, I'm a poor backpacker. Yeah. Fuck it. But, oh, man, like, it's it's just so bloody uncomfortable. And I really like when I get the window seat and I had, like, the aisle row. So I didn't have anything anywhere to lean. I saw yeah. that you're in the middle, which sucks because you get nothing. You're just in the middle of the whole fucking plane. Yeah. Or you're on the left or right of the aisle. <laughs> and then you're getting bumped by the beverage cart. Man, like if I wasn't awake, my elbow was like in between. Uh, no, it wasn't my elbow. Yeah, it was my elbow. It was there's a section of the beverage cart where like there's a front and a back and a little compartment and my elbow fit perfectly in that. So if he kept going, he would just wanted to jab it against the seat between me and that thing. Yeah, I was I was fortunate. I was right on the window, so yeah. I had that. But man, like again, just like my I just woke up one point in my sleep and my neck was at some weird yeah. angle. I was like, yeah. oh man, what the hell? That's the worst. And I don't have one of those little foamy horseshoe things yeah. like that everyone looks like such a doofus with those fucking well, things I mean, around their neck but it's so uncomfortable i know and you're only going to use it once when you're traveling you yeah know, on the or twice i guess on the plane there and on the way on the plane right back maybe so. you're traveling with it like on a bus or maybe a train or, train or, train or yeah. something like that but i've even heard from some people that they're shitty so. yeah i mean yeah i don't know i, I don't use it I no just, me I just, neither i just pack up my sweatshirt and my Sweatshirt, oh, jacket, yeah. whatever, exactly. Yeah. Like, I like, I like the window suite. This is, this is, this is how terrible. Like, how much I don't give a shit about like air flight. Uh, by like, oh my god, look out the window. Can I have the window seat so I can see outside? I don't care. Oh my god, look at all the bright lights. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me. And I'm also no. not one for cities, so I was like, whatever. There's been a few times where I've, we've been told that you know there's no lights outside while we're flying. That's been kind of neat. Yeah. Um. Or. Maybe there you see the mountains or something's going on. Yeah, you know? but typically for me, I just like the window seat because I can lean against the yeah, the plane. One hundred percent. And like most of the time, the if I want to sleep, I mean that that window shut, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there isn't anything poking through. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I don't know. I I just. I love flying. It's so cool and everything, but just like you're flying major airliner and you're flying across an ocean, it's nothing to me. I, I really don't give a shit. Yeah, so. I mean, and it's super uncomfortable. I hate it. And like, then I'm sleeping because I just want to sleep the whole time. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm just 
crash unless yeah. unless you're right beside me that we can yeah. like talk about the trip yeah but we were even different seats and it was so packed that you know they weren't even allowing us to you know talk to you know we wouldn't even be able to have the chance to oh, switch yeah. seats or anything no but i do give them credit their whole computer system um crashed uh, when they were getting people on so yeah. they, they just they called everyone in and I, I don't know how they did it or like what what exactly was going on, but they weren't able to check people in electronically. They had just checked them in manually. Yeah, through yeah through a phone or something. And and, th- um, but they did a kick-ass job with it. I mean, they were able to. I, I couldn't store my big travel bag because it usually does fit in like an overhead compartment on a plane. But like, oh, it's going to be too big. I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. And I was like, well, we can just check your bag for free. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So then I just had my little dinky, uh, smaller bag. Um, and that was it. So it yeah. was actually super convenient. Yeah, totally. Then like they'll do that too. Like it's almost worth it to see if you can get both carry-ons, and then they'll just check it for free. They won't charge it because chances are check bags won't all fit up. You know, in yeah. the overhead storage container. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. But well, overall, you know, it, it was uh, it was a good flight. We got there safe. I love WestJet. Yeah, everyone's they're they're usually quite polite and yeah, they're they're they're, they're really good. And like I, I think I told you my story of last year about. Um, miss, uh, being delayed over 24 hours and then they compensated me greatly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, like, uh, even before then, I was always such a big fan, so. Yeah. But, again, overall, good flight. We're yeah. safe. And now we're roaming the uh, the countryside here in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, we got London, St. Saint Pancras. We had to take the train to... Brussels. No, no, I meant to go on a, oh, yeah, when right. we're in London. Got to be right. with your buddy Hardy. Yeah, yeah. So we got the yeah, shout out to my buddy Jeff Hartwell. Uh, I went to uh, university mm-hmm. with him. And uh, right now he's over in, I think it's Farnborough. I hope I didn't butcher the name. Uh, just I think it's like southwest of London. And he's uh, teaching in a private school there. Uh, yeah, so we I, I messaged him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm in town. Um, we, uh, I think I... He was able, yeah, he was able to, he was at a parent-teacher meeting, and he was like, I'm getting it right out of there, and got on the train and met up with uh, with Lupa and I in uh, in London, um, so we went out for some drinks. Uh, that was Halloween night, everyone was, well, yeah. not everyone, but a bunch of people were dressed yeah. up. Yeah, and we got to uh, yeah, eat some food, have some pints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about it. That uh, was your first time trying uh, cask ales as well, right? That was, yeah, and that yeah. was super awesome. Yeah. Um, very big fan of that. You've been having a good time with the beer tour, haven't you? Man, I've, I've never drank so many different kinds of beer in like a, just, what have <laughs> been eight days or seven days? Something three. like that, yeah. So, I mean, just in general, I've just been drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> so, um, no, yeah, it's been good, and especially having you, uh, I guess, helping me or guiding me mm-hmm. to what I should and shouldn't drink. Just follow your nose. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was super great seeing my buddy Jeff. Uh, I will be seeing him at Christmas time because he'll be flying across the pond to come home uh, for like six or seven days. But yeah, and uh, yeah, Lupa got to meet him too, and they talked about whatever. And yeah. so yeah, it was really good to see him. And then we woke up the next day and took the Eurostar. Had a free had a free breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, free breakfast was pretty good too. And yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah, bad. Uh, that train station massive. Oh, London St. Pancras, yeah, it's, it's gigantic. Huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. And you were showing me some uh, old pictures when it got bombed. Yep. And then they rebuilt it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they stunning. kept I'm glad they stunning. kept the, the same structure that it was originally. Mm. Um, but yeah, then we zipped under the tunnel, under the, the channel there. We ended up in uh, 
in Brussels. Brussels. Just under two hours later. So yeah, yeah. The weather wasn't the best in London. It wasn't really the best in well, Brussels. Well, when we either. got there, it was super nice. Yeah, it was not bad. It yeah. was sunny. <laughs> Remember when we got there? It was sunny. It was sunny, but then I think it. No, oh yeah. No, no, it, yeah. No, Halloween was all good too. Yeah, and then and then yeah. um oh yeah then we woke up to go to Pancras Station and then it was shitty outside. Oh yeah, it rained a little bit. It wasn't too too terrible. And then it, I think that kind of transpired over into Brussels our first day and it was kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it was spitting outside. And, yeah. I mean anyway. Oh, and I was gonna mention too. We went to that. Um, what was it called? Was it the Sewer Rats? Oh, where uh, uh, um, the river, not river rats. Uh, yeah, there's a restaurant that we went to, and it was Bob Dylan's first European performance. Performance. Yeah, just the small little cafe and it was the wall. around the corner from our hostel yeah. in London. So that was kind of cool. It was really cool. I had no idea until not the server all. told us about it. Well, then I noticed at the hostel too that they had a little thing on the board oh. saying that. You know, a really cool live venue place with a lot of history too. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. well, frick. It just goes to show that you should be looking around at your hostels. Yeah, you gotta look up. Yeah. Hostels, was, wealth of knowledge. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, a little hole in the wall. It seemed like a super old building too, and I think most buildings are over here in Europe. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty new building. It's like 1400. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Brussels was solid. Yeah, that was a good time. I tell didn't have one sprout. Did, one sprout? They did, didn't even have one sprout. Oh. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. We, we, we. Tell the folks, we, we, what we, do we, we do? We, 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 we got off the train. That was, what time we get in? Probably around noonish. Yeah. 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 So, we made our way to our hostel, walked the whole way. So, that was all right. Yeah, yeah, up a up a hill and all over the place and a few different directions. <laughs> yeah, and then we ended up yeah. in this. We stopped at that one sandwich place. Yeah, got some got got some nice sandwiches there. Yeah, you got chicken barbecue. I got uh, yeah. croque monsieur. Uh, yeah, that was that was yummy. And there was a dog just hanging out. Oh, that was so cool, man! Did we get the dog's name? Um. Uh, yeah, I forget it now. Um. <laughs> Oh, I forget it now. Man, because I remember the, because um, it was a, a friendship, because he was from Paris that served us, correct? He, no, he was from south of France. Oh. Yeah. And Toulouse or something like that. What did he say? Because he named, because it was the chef's dog and... Or, she was a rescue. Was the, was dog, a, the dog was a rescue, yeah. Yeah, the dog was a rescue, and she named it after, um, oh, it's going to bug me. Was it this, like a street? I think it was a street that he... She found her own. I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, it was this gorgeous. I don't know what breed it was. It was just like, a big old mutt. Yeah, definite mutt. It was just super, super nice dog. Really good beggar. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah, the food was amazing. The food was, was fantastic. Good. The beer was, and it was a literal hole in the wall. I, I think yeah. it might have been the actual. Really sitting, off the beaten the, path. Yeah, the sitting down area is the size of this hostel room. Or our Airbnb room here. Yeah. And um, and there's a tiny little area for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, it was beautiful. That was uh, it was a, it was it was a nice beautiful cloudy Brussels day too. And yeah. Um, where did we go after that? After that, we went back to that square. Uh, there was that guy playing uh, music. You know, yeah. busker. Right. We went to the Hagen Dazs. That was. Uh, that was the game outlet, over, man. Outlet, and uh, you got some kind of Sunday, and I got 
a peanut butter milkshake. Like, yeah, holy shit. I could, yeah, that tons was, of drizzle whoa, and chocolate man. and ice cream and everything. It was a whipped cream too. My goodness. Let's just say Brussels, sorry, all of Belgium is not really, you know, it's it's been lots of sweets. <laughs> you know, you got you got things that are popular in in Belgium: fries and mayo, waffles, uh, chocolate. Oh yeah, I mean we cream, haven't, we ice haven't, cream. We haven't been crushing overindulging. Yeah, no, no, I think no, no, we've no. been under control so far. Oh yeah. I mean, but it's also quite a treat. Oh yeah, no, like, <laughs> when yeah. it happens. Well, you get one of those waffles. And like these, these are like legit waffles, not, not pancake batter waffles. These are like fucking mint. Oh man, it's just <laughs> just so sugary and sweet batter. The old, this is it's just it, they're good by themselves. It's, it's like, they're caramelized. It's caramelized, yeah. and I mean, I I put uh, I put chocolate sauce on the one that we had in, in Bruges. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty tasty. But it was that was I mean, even it didn't even need that. But it, no, oh man. But anyway, yeah. So. Um, yeah, Brussels was kick ass, and we the, the the hostel that we stayed at had a cool. There was little, a bar, yeah, a cool little bar, and the and the bartender, um, Seca, Seca, Seca or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome, awesome dude, and met a couple people. Um, He's from Guinea. Yeah, he was a very funny guy. Yeah, played yeah. some great music. We were talking, we were throwing different hip hop artists around. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was kind of cool because he's like, oh, normally I don't take requests, but. Uh, you know, you guys have been you know, nice and this and that. Okay. <laughs> and, then I, and then I steal his beer from him afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> thank God he didn't throw us out. My I goodness. know. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was really good. We did a walking tour around there with yeah. our, uh, it was Viva Tours. You know, we give a shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, Dora was our tour guide. She is Greek, Texan. American, yeah, American. Yeah. yeah, she's got a lot of crazy backgrounds, that's for sure. Like, And I would say out of all the walking tour guides, she was one of my more favorite ones because she was so loud. Yeah. Like, everyone, everyone could hear her. Mind you, she had a bigger group than anybody else, too. And mind you, she was in Brussels. Right, yeah, way was, bigger place. It was so. quite busy, yeah, 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 um, like very, very hustle, bustle, bustle, and all commotion. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. She, she was a very good tour guide. I, I, yeah. So the stops maybe weren't the my 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 favorite kind of thing. Like we talked about waffles, we talked about fries and stuff, but that's all right. It's all part of Brussels, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Brussels, lots of lots of cool war history and just propaganda history too like we got to see some world war one stuff um, yeah the tintin smurfs they're all belgian i think popeye is too yeah i'm not sure popeye is i mean I we saw remember. him there but yeah that doesn't really mean but... anything there's yeah. so much art around yeah and like, lots again, of murals it's just yeah it's just another classic european city that has so much history and so much art and so much just culture and i mean obviously every city is a little bit different but i mean yeah brussels was Brussels was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I recommend it to anyone out there to go to Brussels and definitely take a walking tour because I felt so much more confident Three, in the city. I would say two full days. Yeah. Yeah, two full days being there. Like, yeah, you take your train in, whatever, um, do your thing. One full day, checking out the city. Second full day, checking out the city too. That's what you need to do, in my opinion. Yep. And then you have your third day, catch a few little things, and then yeah, you head out. I felt that we got a little shortchanged. You know, if we if we would have replanted maybe a little bit more, I probably would have wanted to stay there one more day. Yeah, if we were, yeah, because I mean, it, I mean, it, the the train system in all of Europe is amazing. So it would have been cool if we could have stayed another night or two in Brussels, and we could have, you know, the shipped, return trips. Yeah, the return trips were just as 
just as cheap as getting to one euro extra. Yeah. Like, so. and that's the thing, you know, any, anybody who's looking at possibly traveling to Belgium, uh, maybe it's the same thing, maybe not, uh, by the time if you come here, uh, return trips, if you go Brussels, say Brussels, the Bruges, I think it might be anywhere. It's return trip is one euro extra, maybe two. Yeah. So it's, it's very affordable. Uh, you just come back, I think the same day. Yeah. Um, maybe it's maybe more than that. I don't know. But it's definitely well worth it to look into that because you can – some of the walking tours offer that option of going with them to Bruges and then you do the walking tour and you have fun and you come back and then you do whatever. There's yeah, been, yeah. It, it also just helps you save up from packing up all your crap all the time. Exactly. And moving away and to another spot. So. And another great thing too is with the Belgian tickets, they're open for the entire day. So mm-hmm. they don't have a set time. You don't have to stay to that one time you bought your ticket for. You just jump on the train to go to Iber whenever you want. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I, I bought it for the, I want to go on the 1031, but that doesn't mean you have to be specified to that 1030. You could go to the one at noon if you wanted yeah, to. Exactly. So that was really good for us to be flexible and change our ideas because we had a late night in Ghent and yeah, we, we did. didn't really want to leave too early in the morning to come no, to Ypres. So that worked out great. But yeah, like Brussels, man, like so much fun, great beer. I got to go to Brussels Beer Project, which is really that cool. Was, that was a really cool Got time. to talk to the two brewers there. One guy was from Scotland. The other guy was from Portugal. Uh, he's the uh, the head brewer for the the the, uh, the brewery and man some wild beers i've been loving the sours here so far they have been quite tasty yeah yeah and, and you could tell the difference between like that fruitier sour at the brussels yep. beer project compared to the one that we had in uh in bruges right yeah, that was yeah. yeah yeah much different much mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. so all right luca where'd we go after brussels <laughs> after brussels we went to bruges love it Love That's it. In Bruges. in Bruges. Oh, my homies in Bruges. <laughs> awesome powers. There's lots of awesome there's powers. Like There's also the movie In Bruges, and Colin yeah. hasn't seen it yet, so yeah. I, I keep throwing these references, I and he's no just like, I don't about. know what the fuck you're yeah. talking about. Nope. No I don't know what you're going on about. It's not like you're not funny. I just don't understand what you're saying. I know. So. Yeah. But um, that was that's a little a little paradise town of. It's, oh, it's a fucking fairy tale. Oh, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> oh man, swans everywhere. Just very, very intact buildings from fuck fourteen hundreds. If earlier, if that, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that it's, too. It's a very medieval looking city mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever been to Krzeszki Krumlov, it's it's a, kind of a similar idea. Dubrovnik, all that. It's just very well kept, very well maintained. And, oh, and also Bruges was much cleaner than Brussels. 100%. Brussels is a very big metropolitan city, and Bruges was quite smaller, but very well kept. Yeah, and it's super easy to walk everywhere in Bruges. Um, and uh, continuing on with, you know, everything intact from, you know, a medieval era or whatnot. I mean, it was it was one of the few towns in all of Belgium that didn't get just absolutely destroyed by warfare mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. world war one mm-hmm. um so that also well there was the too. order there was that order um that, order that was too, that yeah. the nazis uh, gave that one officer i can't remember his name but he refused because he did not want to go down the history books as the guy that destroyed bruges yeah it's such a beautiful city yeah. a gem of belgium so you have that guy to thank if i knew his name yeah but yeah quite uh quite a remarkable man there's been other ones that have done that too so 
you know, like that's one thing with war like when you're, when you're, when you've lost, might as well just go to, you know, not as a sore loser. Yeah, you know, I guess so. Like, hey, yeah. we got beat, whatever. Let me not destroy your beautiful town. Yeah. Uh, another funny thing with, because <laughs> all, all I could just, uh, it's almost any city you go to, the pigeons are so terrible. And especially in Croatia, there's so many bloody pigeons, which I thought was so ironic because there's so many bloody cats throughout the country. <laughs> like you think all these cats would just eat all the pigeons, but they don't. But here in Bruges, they're very minimal. Like maybe yeah. they, I'd probably only spot, you know, a couple dozen a day. Yeah. yeah. Like there's not like a whole like flock of them just walking around strutting their stuff. Yep. Pigeon walking. And mm-hmm. it's because apparently there's a lot of peregrine falcons in the area. Yep. So they just pick off the, the pigeons pretty quickly. So that was really neat. Uh, but yeah, it was beautiful town, beautiful town. Lots of great beer. We got to do a few different, um, we did no brewery tours, but we did stop at a few different breweries yeah. and have some really good beer. Yeah. Very good beer. Those, those doubles and triples really get you. I, I had a quadruple one, uh, one, one night with, uh, well, maybe you had a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I think, <laughs> um, no, but it, I was, that was cool. Um, the last brewery we went to, uh, along the river there, we actually had to, you got to talk to the, uh, yeah, well, we both got to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Thomas. Thomas. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was, uh, um, uh, Boranger. It was like, it was like, I think it Flanders. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It was, it's a, it's like one of the first. You remember it, then you drink some beer, and then you forget oh, it. It was just, it's one of those, it, it, it's a brewery right on, right on the river. I don't know what it, it's called specifically. <laughs> we um, didn't retain all the knowledge no, about these yeah. cities. <laughs> it's a river. It's a river. We're drinking the whole there, time. There's That's a brewery. Um, I think it's the least river. That river that we stopped in today, or near today, in mm. that really crappy town. <laughs> that river continues up north and goes oh, really? out into the uh, the ocean there. So okay. I think it's the Lise, L-Y-S, I think. Okay. Or Lice, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a, that was the be- it's a beautiful brewery. has an unbelievable setup. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, brewer was very friendly. The whole staff was very friendly. Yeah. They gave uh, us a free sample. That was that... Um, what was it? It was man, a stout. He, it was... It was um, that free sample was used uh, with some Mexican hardwood. Was it no Brazilian or Mexican? Brazilian. Or Brazilian, and he just put together like, uh, what was it? There was coffee. He put coffee, chocolate. Yep. Like any everything. Yeah. It, it would. It was good. Yeah, it was very very good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And like we did in Brussels, we got some chips and mayo, and we got some delicious, by the way, waffles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's, I, that's one thing I just love about traveling is just checking out different restaurants and uh, little food shops or food yeah. trucks and and always like just finding that hunt where it's not just a typical um mass produced like business or something like that it's like mom and pop shop maybe a little away from the city center so maybe it's a little bit cheaper or a bit more authentic mm-hmm. you know like there was those two carts there that sell were they selling chips or waffles right in front of the tower yeah and how much was their rent for a year so for a year it Equal out to about ten grand a month, so about a hundred and ten hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, or euros a year. Euros, yeah. Just to rent out a time, like in front of a church or something, yeah. In a, in a big market square. Just these small square. little food trucks, kind of. And, and like what you see in, in in downtown Toronto. Yeah. You know, so in in. They just really don't want people there, but they pay their 
they pay right. their, they pay their dues and they obviously get they obviously get the money if they're able to you know stay there exactly so, I mean that's that's an expensive piece of rent that's for sure Ooh, part of me just had a bit of a yawn been a busy day busy we, day we didn't have a busy day late so. night yeah and then yeah then we so I guess that's really what we did in Bruges and then we um, we actually, Bruges was awesome like you had a good time Bruges was incredible man that was. So far, my favorite spot. And like, I, I had a really good. Uh, Colin was a bit wiped one night, so I went out um, and on, on the town. Went to go a few places that I wanted to check out. I got to see some live ska music, which I always love checking out live bands. Um, their their name was. Oh goodness. Good job. Yeah, give me one second here. Buda Memento. I want to give them a little bit of a shout out because it was pretty sweet. Imperial Leisure, and that was really cool. Um, they put on a heck of a show. They did some covers. It was they like put a ska twist on it, which I always love. Um, no, they were wicked. And then I hung out and just chatted up the bar staff all night. Like they all treated me very well. They're all they're all Spanish speakers, but they're all very friendly. And yeah, man, it was just a really, really, really cool time. Just and like I, I missed that where you know my the days of old where you know. As a younger man, I would just hang out at a bar and they just be like, yeah, no, you're chill. You can hang out here until we close up. But I didn't want to stay there until it closed up. I just I didn't want to stay there that long. Yeah. And so I went across the road to this one other hard, um, hard rock bar. And not the Hard Rock Cafe, but this is called The Crash. And they kind of pride themselves as like a heavy rock metal bar. It wasn't really that, though. When I got there, it was karaoke. And a lot of the times they were singing like Taylor Swift uh, for one song. They sung uh, Adele for another song. They had Let It Go. It was pretty funny. So I did Sympathy, Sympathy for the Devil by Rolling Stones to try to yeah, metal bring, it, a little bring, bit, yeah. bring it back up a little bit with some, you know, sass and, you know, respect of, uh, you know, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and stuff. So people were having fun with that. And some Pearl Jam came in there too, a male man, since that was all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, not, not really that heavy of a scene. And then on the way back home, I stopped at this one place called Valhalla, and that was the metal bar we walked by at one ah, point. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was just darts. You would have been, you would have had a terrible time. You would have been like, yep, yeah, nope, not, not no. staying here at all. Because I went in and I was just like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. So I was there for, I think, two minutes thinking about if I wanted to get a drink or not. And before we jump away from Bruges to Ghent, what about that Rentus? Was it Rentus? Lucifernum? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this guy's like Hugh Hefner, the Belgian version of Hugh Hefner. Yeah. He's trying to sell his property for uh, over... 1.2 million euro, and he's an absolute stud. <laughs> Colin's a big fan of him. I find he's kind of a creep. Oh, super creepy. Yeah. He's a stud. You, you ring the doorbell, and it's like that token... Like 1920s haunted mansion kind of, you know, yeah. like not not the cell phone sound, but it's yeah. like that. Oh, it's like almost it's kind a of a buzz, high pitch ringing buzz. Oh god, it was uh, super creepy. Like I, I rang, the, I think I rang the doorbell, and I was just like ah, and then he yeah. just it, you you wait and you wait and you hear the footsteps, and he's just like, hello, come in, yes, come in. It's yeah, like he's ten welcome. euro. Yeah, he's he's super welcoming. Ah, like, take pictures. Walk around anywhere you want. Yeah, and it's like, and then the bar is downstairs. So we walk in, and I'm like, "Where the 
where are we? He's and dressed like he's in the 30s. Yeah, he just, yeah, and he's we so basically what what his house is all about is um, spiral a, staircase, like a wide like what, what what would you call that? Um, not a staircase, but it was almost like a. I don't know uh, what you call that. I mean, it's, it was a it's very elegant, like a very old house, all hardwood and everything. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the, what this guy's house is is him and his brother have this incredible art collection, and he's also, and then this Hugh Hefner-looking Belgian dude is also an artist himself and super talented, but he has a very gothic, mm-hmm. eerie painting style. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just went around to all these separate rooms where there was just tables and chairs everywhere and all this artwork. And these, you know, these different colored lights and huge Edgar Allan Poe fan. Yeah, Hugh Edgar, yeah. What yeah, was yeah. the other gothic guy he was a big fan of too? Yeah, um, I can't remember, but it was uh, again. If you're if you're an, if you're an artist and if you want to see some crazy stuff, well, you know, also apparently the the house itself was previously owned by a self-proclaimed vampire. So that really that does too, set, yes. set the scene. And every room has different, uh, you know, art gallery kind of st- lots of collected collect- collectibles, like different um, statuettes and busts and stuff from Europe or cigarette companies or pop yeah, companies anything, or yeah. whatever. A lot of tin tin was in there too. And then each room had its like own little stereo to play ominous gothic Weird music too. Music. Yeah, 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 yeah. To really set the mood. Like you almost felt like, it's it's like um, if you ever seen that Family Guy episode or like Clue or any of those shows where there's like a bunch of different strangers that that uh, that kind of a movie where you might like go down a secret passageway at some point or another person mm-hmm. gets like kidnapped like quickly or there's like one of those knights that falls with the axe and yeah, almost murders just, you yeah it was it, it was on it but at the same time I was like I freaking love this place it was cool it definitely it had a so really cool. it, it was very eerie but at the same time it just kind of like gave you that mystery kind of vibe where it's like holy yeah. shit this is a freaking cool place yeah because yeah well then I made the joke when we all got to the bar it's just like so I bet like, he just comes in, the Hugh Hefner guy's like, so I bet you're all wondering why I called you oh, here tonight. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> I'm dying in Bruges. And there's that uh, very attractive, um, older, much older, um, I think she was Cuban lady, that she's probably hanging out with the Hugh Hefner guy, but yeah, much yeah. much younger than him. Uh, so yeah. he's doing well for himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So essentially we walked through the whole house and then we went down to the basement again. You know, you get that setting and, he walks in there and they go, oh, I brought you all here today. And it's like, it's just even worse. It's in the basement. So, um, yeah. And, and so, so we, we had a complimentary, uh, beer with our, yep. t- with our, with our ticket. Even though I didn't order the beer, I yeah. wanted to try the wine or the rum or something. Yeah. That's all right. So, That's all right. Whatever. Not the um, end of the world. And live music. Yeah. And then, yeah, we met, yeah. Yeah. We met a couple of people down there from one was, one couple was from London mm-hmm. or just outside London. Mm-hmm. One other couple was from like, New Jersey or something. Yeah. New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, there's other people that started coming down and, um, they're playing these very, I don't know. It's like a piano without the keyboard. And it's, it's, it's all strings and they, it's basically they use very, very light drumsticks essentially with mm-hmm. like some padded ends and they, they brought the house down. It was sweet. I was I've never experienced that before. That was that was cool playing and um and everyone was smoking darts in there. It was, <laughs> it was honestly super old school. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, I hate smoking and whatnot, but like it just it just added to the it whole gave, thing. It was right? the vibe, yeah. Right? Yeah. So again, it was it was cool. It was the persona of the house. Exactly. And then 
Yeah, I guess we just walked back to the, uh, the hostel after that. I think mm-hmm. we, I think we shut it down. Yep, yeah, it was, we sh- we sure did. Yeah, and then um, yeah, then we went on to Ghent. Uh, yeah, we we're still in we were still we're staying still in staying in Bruges, Bruges, but we made a day trip out of uh, out of that. Out of, well, yesterday would have been Monday uh, to Ghent. Yeah, Ghent, yesterday. Yeah. Ghent, uh, sweet university town. Yeah, st- student place. Yeah, definitely, definitely a town built around student and beer culture. Hmm. Hundred percent. Got in there, went immediately for breakfast, got some pancakes. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. Got like melted butter in a jar. Like you just pour it on. And this is like real European, like non-pasteurized kind of shit. Like just beautiful. Um, yeah. Filled up on the good sugar rush, sugar rush heavy. Yeah, we were both hurting that morning. Heavy, heavy breakfast. Yeah, no, it was yeah. good. It was good. And then like we had the walking tour that we went for. and Which was great. Had a, had a, had a couple of beer as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we did. So we did our own makeshift pub crawl. Yeah. After the tour. After the tour, yeah. All the folks. Yeah. No. We, uh, we there was a couple of bars that we knew of. Uh, where was it? The Trollin. Trollin something. Kelder, Ke- yeah. I think. Trollin yeah. Kelder. Yeah, it's called the. It was, like, it was like well, there's the, the Troll Cellar, I guess that would yeah. translate to, and so very cool. very interesting things there for sure. Like cool little wooden trolls and gnomes and um, yeah. collect- and again collectibles. So we got two for one, but. The, the ongoing theme of these two for ones is that I what my idea was is I would buy the one beer mm-hmm. and then Colin would get the free beer and then the next time we go to the next bar that had the two for one, Colin would buy the beer and I'd get the free one. Mm-hmm. But the lady that we bought it from the oh, server oh. <laughs> the server uh, she brought both of us okay. each a beer and both of us the free one. So it was like we're getting too too many. And these were doubles and triples, and they were like nine percent and stuff. That's where it all started. Yeah, and then not eating for about six hours. And yeah, man, no, was... not even six hours. By the time we did eat, it probably would have been like eight or nine. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pushing it, man. Big time, big time. Actually, no, I think it was like almost eleven, because we had to get the train at like eleven thirty. Last night. Well, we finished our meal at like eleven. Yeah. Yeah, we we probably went in for food around ten, ten fifteen. Yeah. So. We were also jumping pretty quickly on this uh, on, on Ghent here. We had a really fun walking tour. Um, during part of that tour, I thought it was really funny how there was the um, one of the symbols for Ghent, mm-hmm. where there's the man and the woman, and the man represents um, this one river because apparently, I guess it's a longer. You think of why that might be, and then the. The other river, I forget what that one's called, uh, but it's curvier. So mm-hmm. they, they associate that with female a female figure, figure. Yeah. exactly. I thought that was I thought that was very interesting, a very artistic way yeah. of portraying that. Yeah. Um, so that was really neat. Walking around the rest of the city, I, th- I thought I thought Ghent was lovely. Yeah, I could awesome. I could I could have spent another day there for sure. You know, check out some more things. Uh, the 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 church there. I forget the church's name was. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Like each one's a certain saint, and I'm not Catholic, so I forget of everything. Uh, that's the, had the adoration of the lamb. Yep. So if you've ever seen the movie, uh, monuments, men, that's one of the, the, the paintings that had the, uh, that had it stolen From by, Hitler, by, Hitler, yeah. by Hitler. Yeah. And they had it in their collection and uh, they, the Americans tried to retrieve it and they did, but then it was a pa- one of the panels was stolen again. And then they got it back, and then now it's in this church, and you have to pay money to go see it. Yeah, I was kind of bummed about that. I'm not that crazy into art, so I didn't want to pay. But, but it's just like, oh, it's you know, it was stolen by the Nazis. It's kind of has a cool story behind it. So, yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was then that church itself was unbelievable on the inside. 
inside. Oh, it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. So our second stop on our own little uh, personal pub crawl, we go in there and they're famous because they have this thing where they, if you order a beer, it's a Paulina Quack and it comes in a very interesting glass, very unique. And they were having a problem with the local students that would try to steal the glassware. So <laughs> if you... Pardon me. If you want to order this beer, you have to give up one of your shoes. And they put it in this basket and they ring the bell and they pull it up and they tie it up and everything. So you, you know, there's ways around it. I guess you could just wear really shitty sandals and, or bring an extra pair of shoes or something like that. And then you're laughing. So there, there are ways around it to, to steal these glasses still. I have one of my own. I picked it up at a, I think it was a Salvation Army for like, five bucks Canadian or something like that. So I wasn't really crazy about that whole thing either. And the beer, cool. the beer is okay, but yeah, no, it's a very unique glass. That's for sure. Yeah. And it was just a cool way to, to well, attempt to stop people from stealing these. these exactly. Glasses. Yeah. And then after that, we went to this one pub to try out this beer. It's called mother's milk. <laughs> Uh, there's a funny story behind that. I don't want to bring it up. It's gonna, yeah, do you want to talk about that? We can. Yeah, we can. I mean, essentially the gist of it was, um, it's a son. No, no, it's, it's the father. Yeah. Sucking on the nipple of his daughter to get her milk. Yeah. Just so he could stay strong. To stay so strong. So he, he wouldn't he was, starve. Because he was dying or starving. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, was, yeah. yeah. He was being punished. He was in prison or yeah. something like that. And, um, so... Well, that's the end of that. And so one of these, <laughs> one of these, these uh, uh, beers. Um, they call it Mother's Milk, which I don't, I'm not sure the connection to it either. Yeah, but it's like, man, I, oh, I don't want like a milky stout thing. No, it, it, it had nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, like exactly. any ingredients or anything. It was just the name of a yeah. beer. So. so, yeah, so we went to this next bar, which was called, was it after that event or was it just the beer? I, well, the the next one with like the the Yennefer. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, we we call it the sticky bar because our tour guide was saying everything's sticky because this Yennefer is kind of like a it's a, like I'd like to compare it to like really strong mead, yeah. Because it's very sugary and like it's got a high alcohol percentage of twenty. Like the homemade stuff he has is twenty percent, and then the strong is which which is the average uh, Yennefer you would buy in a in, in a liquor store. Or a grocery store or a gas station uh, is about forty percent. So it's kind of like a brandy, I would call it. But the weaker stuff, I'd say, much more like a, a mead. And we got the honey ones, I think. To start. We had a cherry one. I had a cherry one. Yeah, year. that was tasty. I, I mean, or was that just a shot? No, that I'm was the pair. I can't remember, but they would be double shots. It'd be a four ouncer. Yeah, all I know is I knocked that thing back. It tasted really good. Yeah, I sipped on mine. Colin just swigged it right back, and then. Colin started talking to a Russian guy. I started talking. He was a student. And then I started talking to this, this old man who was having a great conversation with me. And he spoke very little English, um, but mostly Flemish and French. So I tried my best. Oh, and a little bit of German. He knew, he knew some German, too. So I used my English, my little bit of French, and my little bit of German. And I guess we had a good enough conversation. So it worked out well. And he bought us a round, too. So I had this beautiful ginger Yennefer. And that was, I love that, that, that like for a cold, man, I didn't drink a whole no, bottle yeah, of that. Man, that's, yeah. Be cured. Be okay. cured. And then I had, a, I had another one similar to that too. And I was like, man, and you're like, Colin, you're supposed to sip on it. Like, 
Well, it's all gone now. Well, I sipped on it faster <laughs> yeah. than everyone else. Yeah, but uh, no, that was a cool. That was definitely a cool little hole in the wall. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, I like that a lot. Definitely not a very big spot as well. Yeah, uh, but it was, yeah, that was cool. And then we. Then we went to that last bar. Yeah, it was an Irish pub. I don't even remember what it was called by that time in the night. But we stopped for dinner. Um, <laughs> the, the Irishman, the, the, the Irishman bartender liked us a lot. Uh, we requested for him to play some Tragically Hip, and he sure did. That was awesome. So that was a lot of fun. That's the second time in Europe that I've been in a, a bar where we, we requested a Tragically Hip, and they played it. So yeah, so that's kind of cool to hear some good old Canadian music and a. Land far, far away. In an Irish pub in Ghent, Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. Yeah, no, that was sweet. Yeah. So and then it was all, and then it was amazing to get some food into us, and then we're like, oh, had to catch the train. We gotta go back, man. The train's leaving. The last <laughs> one of the night is leaving. Mm-hmm. So we got, we were able to get on our train safe and sound, and got back to the hostel, and I passed right out. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was overall a super awesome experience in Ghent, and again. Like Luke Again? in Ghent, you need another you need another day there. That's for sure. Well, I was, I was making uh, plan words there where you said again, and I was like again. No. <laughs> so yeah, we got back to Bruges. We passed right out. Yeah. Had to wake up, waited to check out. So the checkout people didn't come, so we just left the key. We didn't really have to wait for anything, and just took off and cap caught our uh, train. <laughs> But then we had to do a switch over. I had to jump onto a different train when we got in. Oh, it's like Court, Court, Courtneek, Courtneek or something. Yeah, Courtneek. It's a very, remember. very odd. It was for a Belgian, for a Bel- Flemish, French yeah. area. You know, like yeah. it, it was just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, so we get off the train. We look to where we have to go to the next one. We get up hear the whistle blow from the guy and we're like oh shit let's get going and so like not even five seconds we get to the top of the the stairs and we're about to jump on the train and the guy's like no and we're like what and it's like where are you going lil and it's like no 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 iper iper and he's like oh next one and we're like oh okay that must be that we're not supposed to be on this train it must be yeah yeah or we must be on the next one and then he just left. And then the next one. And then we look up at the sign and then it disappears. The sign that we needed to take. Again, I can't remember the name of the city that is the end of the line. And we see this other conductor come up and he's like, oh, where are you going? And it's like, Lil? It's like, no, no. Iper. Uh, he's like, okay, next one. And they kind of laughs and walks away. And we're still confused. So we walk down and we try to figure it out. It's like, well, why would he tell us like that? Was he lying to us? Did he not like us? Like, what the hell? It's like, yeah. And then we go back to the, the, that same conductor that kind of had the little smirk as he walked by, walked by. And we're like, so, like, that one there, like, was that going to Eper? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, why wouldn't he let us on? He's like, it was time to go. And I was so pissed off. Like, we, we, we've been over this today already. And I was so mad. I was so fucking mad. Because it was five seconds. If that. Yeah. Like, like the train wasn't even moving. It was not moving. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, sure, let us on. We'll find our seats and everything. Oh, well, if the ca- if that cabin is going to detach and go somewhere else, we could always just walk down to the next one or the next stop. We just get off and jump over. 
like we could stay on there for 10 minutes and then just jump off and jump back to the, you know, far train cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot happened, but we were able to crush a beer. We just waited an hour. Yeah. Crushed a beer, obviously, and then... Got some Wi-Fi, got some plans. Yeah, yeah. And then we yeah, we figured out how to get to Ypres eventually. And, um, yeah, so we arrived, and that was, that was a... That was a nice little setting to arrive to, and we oh, gorgeous, beautiful city, beautiful absolutely city. beautiful city. I'm, we're we're both super excited to uh, check out the town. I'm, I'm assuming well, probably tomorrow night then, eh? Because we're gonna do all those monuments and stuff tomorrow during the day. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, you know, whether yeah. it's whether it's check, check out the town um, on our way out, on our way oh, to yeah, Lens or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we were walking through Ypres a little bit, and so we were in the the main town square and a beautiful massive church or i thought is it is that a church or is it just a big city hall well there's the one that i believe the one is a church yeah. and then the other one is just the museum like it, it, looked, it might, it might that um the flanders museum might be attached to the town hall maybe, yeah maybe yeah because that's if, huge if anything if, well in any 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 sense it's, it was a massive building it's old and mm. yeah um and yeah, we were able to go and uh, find the uh, bike store where we can rent our bikes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit quicker to get around. Now. Our Airbnb host has a connection there, so we're yeah, able shout to... out to them, and they were they're super accommodating for that. Besides actually giving us the accommodation that we're currently sitting in. And <laughs> so yeah, we we got some groceries and we tried to stuff everything into our what was left of space in our travel bags, and then still made room for the beer and the wine. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Rightly so. Yeah, and then we just zigzagged our way out of town, and we rode along this beautiful canal uh, bike path, and uh, gorgeous farmland too. Yeah. All the houses are quite beautiful, and it's just so, you know, satisfying to see that these towns still pay respect to the men and you know women that served over here and fought and bled and died. Um, and then the churches are still very well maintained, gorgeous. Uh, the cemeteries on location are very beautiful too. I would almost like to talk to some locals here and see how much they learn about the history and like how they feel, you know, Mm -hmm. walking around and having these constant reminders. Like, yeah, it's probably a really sad thing to see, but at the same time, at the same time, I would imagine that it'd be a very reassuring thing and a warm thing to, to be reminded of, Hey, you know, like these people here, did this so I could be here now. Yeah. And it's like, and, and yeah, I'm just, it, it, it's it was like, I was, you know, saying to, to loop on the, on the, um, the bike ride back. It's like, this was a massive battleground, you know, a hundred years ago or more than just over a hundred years ago. Dirt and mud like, and barbed was, wire. And it's, craters. It's just, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's so beautiful. And you're thinking like, you know, this, this place was just bombed to bits and, trenches and disease and well it's such a beautiful and area and, and like just, yeah and, and like and so it, it's it's and, and you know canadians were here uh back then in world war one as well so it's yeah i guess it you know it touches everyone uh in a, in a little way i guess truly truly completely um so yeah it, it will be a it'll be a crazy couple uh couple days here for sure It'll be very interesting, very moving. It's definitely going to be a lot slower compared to the city centers that we've been into. Of course, of but, course. Um, and a lot quieter, but it's going to be, um, I guess you can say emotional. It's going to be definitely more um, um, educating and, um, and just uh, 
my opening, man. It's gonna it's gonna be a good time. I'm I'm super pumped. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm also a little bit excited that we get to bike around too. That's so those seats aren't very comfy, but yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be nice to get uh, some more exercise than just ride. Uh, sorry, walking around and everything, and, exactly. and walking against you know people who are slow or not so polite or you know always watching out for cars on very very small roads. Like now we actually have some bike paths that we can take. Cause yeah, and Belgium is very bike friendly. Like the the amount of bikes that were in Ghent incredible and and the one thing i do like about and you know i think the rest of the world needs to kind of hear about this kind of thing too especially if you're trying to cut down emissions and whatnot and again there's this big city road that circles all the way around the city and um you have to pay a certain toll if you own a car to actually uh, enter into these other i guess quarters Mm -hmm. of this road so it's just kind of you know influence people. Okay, just bike everywhere because you, yeah. you don't really need to own a car in these big city centers. You ought, well, you shouldn't because like the the trams or the the, the streetcars or whatever they get you just there's just as fast. Yeah, so pretty well. Like the the circle road kind of gets you around the main um, the main part of the city, uh, so you can avoid going to the the city center or the city itself. So if, if there are roads there that you can drive on, like don't think that there's no roads or cars or anything like that. Uh, so, but but that's part of the, the paying. It's like in like even what was her name? Katya was saying that if you drive there, there's no like set line where you know you, you kind of just have to know yourself where yeah. that line is, where that zone border is, so you can just stay in that area of yours, so you don't have to go across and then you get charged however many euros. Yeah. So. And- it is nice that you can just bike around and there were so many cyclists and not that many cars. No, nope. much and, nicer to breathe. And another thing to talk about on this subject too, is when we had that awful encounter with that train guy and we went to, to the local convenience store to grab water and uh, a beer to literally cool off. And, um, weather's been gorgeous. Yeah. Weather's been gorgeous too. Um, we were walking up to this grocery store and there was uh, like gates. So like if you had a car, you had to pay a, a, a toll to get in. Yeah. And obviously if you had a bike or whatever, or you're walking, you can just walk in. But yeah. again, it's just- it, it, Every it, large parking lot. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you, it's just, just a simple parking lot into a grocery store and you have to pay a fee. Whereas mm. we don't have that at home. So again, it's just influencing, you know, you know, get off your ass and ride a bike yeah. or walk. Nothing wrong with that. And like, it's the elderly, it's the young, it's and my age. And being in these big city centers too, it's definitely way, way fresher air quality compared to, Mm -hmm. you know, Edmonton, Toronto and anywhere else like Mm -hmm. that. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Very different. The air quality is noticeable. Oh yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's these little things we're catching or, you know, picking up on and it's kind of cool. No, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun traveling. Yeah, man, yeah. it's been not not worrying about anything. <laughs> just about getting to the next destination. But uh, yes, sir, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, so, so that, that yeah, that's pretty well. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what we'll, we'll call this. The kickoff to Europe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It feels like we've been here for like two weeks already, but it's only been about a week. About a week, yeah. yeah. No, exactly, and no, it's it's, it's just it's only going to get more and more interesting, and you know. Uh, like, yeah, you, uh, listeners, uh, forgive me if uh, if I've been a bit slower, kind of you know, brain fart like. Uh, it's just been a long time since my last podcast there when I recorded with Keegan. That was, geez, 
probably almost a month and a bit ago now. Mm-hmm. So no, no, it's a, it'll, it'll get a bit more, just shake it off the rest, shake it off the rest right now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, just letting everyone know too, we'll be traveling around, uh, France. We'll be in the Vimy area, Normandy area, going down to the French Alps over to Switzerland, Austria, and the Czech Republic. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want to meet up and just talk, uh, have a beer, or maybe if you want to get interviewed, contact me at chalupacabra52. Uh, that's my handle, I guess, or username on uh, Instagram. And yeah, send me a message. Just let me know kind of who you are and what it's about. Don't just send me a request or something like that. I'll just think you're spam <laughs> too many times. Oh, yeah, Russian girl. Yeah, she's a model. Oh, that's that's nice. Now, block. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if you want to meet up or whatever, feel free to give me a shout. I'd love to meet some of the fans or um, maybe not not a fan and you just want to say, tell me to shut up and quit you know, making podcasts. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. So hit me up. If not, whatever, keep listening. Thanks a lot guys. And we will be recording probably either tomorrow or the next day, but it'll seem a lot longer than that. Oh man. Wow. We're over the one hour and 20 mark. Killed it. Killed it.